Hi, this is Deadeye Dave welcoming you to the Real Blood Podcast Network. Each Saturday, you will hear a new episode of either Reasonably Real, which is our general movie podcast, or The Cast That Drips Blood, which is our horror-focused show. On Monday, we have Reasonably Newsworthy, which is our new show where we talk about the releases that you might be interested in on DVD Tuesday. We have a rotating cast of hosts, and we definitely aren't afraid to chat. So kick back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to follow us on our Facebook page in the show description and our letterbox profiles as well. If you are interested in supporting the show, telling your friends about us is the best way to make the show expand. If you are interested in supporting us monetarily, our podcasting host Anchor allows you to do that through their website, and every dollar is appreciated, but never expected. Thank you so much for your continued support, and enjoy the show. Welcome to the cast that drips blood. This is one of your hosts, Deadite Dave, and joining with me today across the internet is... Maniac Mike. Dang. Good times. You know, we're... uh. We're up, you know, early in the morning, and I've been up the last two days late night trying to get the severance sale going. Um, so kudos to them. Um, they're trying, man. I, yeah, they're they trying. Are. I feel um, bad for them. I do, too. Um, I hope they get everything sorted out. Their website got bombarded so bad that they're now taking email orders, which if you can imagine is going to be in a severe pain oh yeah um so i can only imagine how frustrated they are about this whole situation so um just be nice and patient with them if you do plan on buying items um if you are the best way to do it they do have actually an entire list of sale items so they they went ahead and, and took the time to actually type out Pretty much everything that they have for sale on their Facebook page. Um, it's in the comments section, I think, and you can find that. So, I mean, they're they're trying, they're doing everything they can. Um, but there's there's a silver lining to this, Maniac Mike. What do you do? You, do you know what it is? Well, it shows that uh, physical media is alive and well. That's I mean, what I was getting ready to say. You, you got all these nuts like us that just crave this stuff that uh, one of their movies that they're selling uh you know Frankie and friends is it, it's gonna be trash don't get me wrong but it, it's the trash of the highest level that I just have to see mm-hmm. um, you know it's a movie that's been lost for you know 30 40 years now and it just looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's something that you'll never see on a streaming service or network. Not likely, anyway, unless it's Shutter somehow. Yeah. But, um... Or if Severin comes out with their own. So, there's a lot of interesting things for sure. Like I said, just uh, bear with them. If you do plan on ordering from them, uh, just, just keep that in mind. Um, they do have a lot of great sale items and a lot of cool stuff. Yes, they do. But as we were saying, yeah, that does show um, physical media. I don't think maybe in the traditional sense as we know it might change, but I really don't think it's going anywhere. There's too many people, very obviously, that are willing to pay, you know, premiums for, you know, Blu-rays, 4Ks and stuff. Because we're seeing this way more, you know. This is getting more and more popular, you know, with the narrative shifting to... Blu-rays are becoming, you know, obsolete. 
due to streaming, the evidence for a lot of this stuff is pointing the opposite because these these sales keep getting bigger and bigger for these boutique Blu-ray lines. Um, so, I mean, that, that narrative doesn't necessarily work when looking at it. So just keeping that in mind, keeping it positive for us physical media collectors that are out there. But uh, we do have what we've been watching, so I'm going to send it over uh, to you, Maniac Mike, to tell us what you've been watching. Well, um, I haven't watched much this week uh, due to a big release in video gaming, mm-hmm. which uh, slight spoilers for the subject today, uh, that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um the first movie uh, I had some friends over last Saturday evening and uh, we were watching uh, Pluto TV and the Terminator came on and I hadn't watched the original 1984 Terminator from start to finish in a very very long time Um, and the movie's still phenomenal Uh, the, the special effects hold up pretty good um and this is a movie that you actually probably won't see on streaming or anything like that just because of some of the content that's in it that people have a problem with Um, but this is a classic a a sci-fi horror Um, you know Schwarzenegger plays a great character Um, you know he's yes he's the strong silent type in this film but he does that very well and he is very menacing um you know, you had Linda Hamill and, and uh, Michael Bean in it, and it's classic. And uh, it'll hold up. It'll stand the test of time. And in 50 years when, you know, we're old and decrepit and still trying to record on the Internet and put out podcasts <laughs> for everybody, um, this movie's still going to get brought up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then another film, last Sunday, me and my missus, I wanted to scare the crap out of her, so we sat down and watched Contagion. There you and, go. Um, it's it's a good movie. Um, it jumps around a lot, and if you really don't pay attention to it, you'll be like, "All right, where are we now?" And so I, I will say that, especially at the beginning, um, the narrative's kind of hard to follow. Yeah. But as it settles in, and as you get more familiar with the film that kind of goes by the wayside um but it it is a very good uh piece on human reaction to a a pandemic and well unfortunately we're living through that right now uh it's not quite as bad as uh the mev virus that's in contagion but we're still living through it uh i gave uh contagion an eight out of ten uh, it's acted very, very well. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne plays a really good character. Um, you know, Jude Law plays a good character in this film as well. So, uh, 8 out of 10 for Contagion. Uh, of course, the original Terminator, I gave that a 10. Uh, you couldn't give that anything else. Um, and then I was at Walmart last night, and I was looking through their movies, and they had... The Independence Day double pack on 4K for like 12, 14 bucks. I bought it on a whim. I had never seen the newest one, and the old one is 
a very, very good action sci-fi action film. Uh, so I popped in the, the newest one, Independence Day Resurgence from 2016. The movie is bad. Uh, in, in my review, I said, um, stay for the action, but whenever the characters get in a room and talk to each other, go make you some food. And that's exactly how you need to watch this film. This is a film that you, you do flip on while folding the laundry or vacuuming or cooking dinner. And then you stop and watch the, uh, the air and space battles and stuff like that. And then you walk off whenever they start talking. Because the characters are the weakest point of this film. Uh, most of them you don't care about. They're either clichéic or just very underdeveloped. And so th- it's, they're not worth paying attention to. Um, but like I said, the action, really good. Uh, I, I gave it a 5 out of 10 because there is some enjoyment to be had but uh, go in with some with some trepidation because like I said if, if you go in thinking that this is going to live up to the first one it does not um, so 5 out of 10 you know watch at your own risk but it does have some good action that is enjoyable um, and other than playing 25 hours of The Last of Us that's all I've watched this week yeah that does that took up a lot of my time as well. Yeah, um, I'm kind of, kind of glad that I'm I'm finished. That's why I kind of went through it through the week, so that way I can get back to the Al Adamson set, because yeah. that's been my uh, latest latest obsession has been uh, Al Adamson and getting through that collection of films, and that's been awesome. I'll be talking about a few of them, but <coughs> first, I've got Grandmother's House. Uh, which is a Vinegar Syndrome release. Um, this one is going to strike you either you're not going to like it or you will, I think. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that. And I think a lot of that just boils down to your tolerance for the slow, maybe. It's really slow um, at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's kind of hard to explain why I liked it. I think it just boils down to the atmosphere of the movie. Um, I did like the score a lot. I think the cinematography was good. I thought the performances were actually decent, um, given its low budget. It's just that through the majority of this film, there isn't a whole lot going on. But at the same time, I still felt like they did a good job building it and kind of setting it up. But it really just depends. So this is one of those movies that I don't know if I would be able to wholeheartedly recommend. You know, I recommend maybe watching it before you purchase it, if that makes any sense. Yep. Um, unless you can find it for pretty reasonable. Because, you know, you're either going to dump $20 on the movie and not like it, or you're just going to like it. You know, so it's hard telling. Which is a lot of movies, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to dissuade anyone from purchasing it. Um, but... It's it's just kind of a, a hard-to-fully-recommend movie. Uh, but I did like it. I gave it a 7, actually. Good. Um, so I'm, I'm I liked it a lot. It, I'm glad it found a good home with you. Uh, I, I was in the camp where I didn't really care for it. It, it has its pluses, but it to me it also has a lot of minuses. And Yeah. So. At least you found somebody to give you some of your money back on it. Yep. <laughs> So there you go. At least there's that. I, I am glad to have this one. It, it's I had a good time with it. 
I, for some reason, I do like these those types of movies. I call them warm blanket movies. It's just they're not necessarily all wrapped up in one genre, but there's just some feeling I get with some movies. I think partly is that they're they're kind of dreamy and they put me to sleep, you know, and then I could wake up and be like, huh? <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know that sort of thing. But you know it is what it is. Either way, next film I watched. This is getting into back into the Al Adamson fling. Uh, I got three Al Adamson uh, flicks to review. I got Halfway to Hell. Uh, this is a 1960 picture uh, directed by his father, actually, um, and, but also partly directed by Al Adamson, although he was uncredited for it, but he did do quite a bit of directing on the film. Uh, but he also acted in this. This movie, frankly, sucks. Um, it's the only one of the set that I looked at and was like, yeah, this just isn't enjoyable. I mean, all of Al Adamson's films are an acquired taste, to be fair. I yeah. mean, they're cheesy, they're very low budget, and you have to have an appreciation for that 60s, 70s grindhouse drive-in appeal. You know, you're not going to get extreme horror. You know, you're not going to get the gore necessarily, but you got to just be bought into that that vibe, you know, that his movies put off, that early drive-in type thing, you know. This movie doesn't really have that. It's only an hour long, thankfully, but it does feel that and more. Um, it's just a bit slow. There's a cool whip fight scene in it that kind of made up for a lot of it, and there's some cool elements and um, a lot of cool things going on. It's just that the majority of the film isn't really good, and it is a Western, so... Again, a lot of the people that are buying this are probably exploitation fans and caught off by how many different genres of films Al Adamson did. But before you buy the set, just have it known that he's he's a director that did a lot of different genres yes, of films, he did. which I, I think is great. You know, they're all kind of exploitation, grindhouse, you know, drive-in type movies. But he did a lot of different genres. I, I've only seen a couple of his movies. But I have to say, they're, they're kind of on the bad side. Oh, yeah. But in a good way, and they're yeah. highly entertaining. Yeah, they're really entertaining. They are bad. Um, but at the same time, you look at his movies, and you have to see a reverence to them in a way, um, and appreciation for them for what they did on their low budget. Yeah. You know, I think that those movies are pretty influential, and his career weirdly overlaps with a lot of people like cinematographers that went on to win academy awards i mean Mm -hmm. you know his his film legacy was actually a lot bigger than a lot of people give it credit for and i really do think he was a great director for the budgets that he had and i usually don't base movies upon their budget unless they're this old you know, today you can make a low budget movie good because a lot of those low budget movies that, you know, we could have complaints about and go, you know, make excuses for, oftentimes, you know, and I appreciate those too, but on a technical level, I don't give them the pass that I give these because you have all the elements today to make yeah. a movie dirt cheap and be good. You just have to be smart in the way you do it, change your tactic. You know, with these movies, they didn't really have that option, you know. They don't have the editing software that we do today. They don't have, you know, quite the knowledge of how to make, you know, cinema on on a dirt cheap budget. So that's kind of why I'm giving some of these movies more passes. And that's why I I do set up each review with, this is in relation to Al Adamson's films, the actual scores below. So, 
My next film was Five Bloody Graves. This is another Western. This one was actually really good. So that one was fun. I had a really good time with this one. Um, there's just quite a bit to enjoy about this cheesy Western film. It's got John Carradine, of course, in it, because Al Adamson was known for taking these actors who are way past their prime and giving them another uh, boost in popularity again for marquee value for him. But he also did treat them like the stars that they were for their time. And uh, many actors actually thought that was a really cool thing that he did. Um, in this case, John Carradine's pretty awesome. He plays like a priest in it that's kind of off-put by some of the um, some of the debauchery going on. Um, it's kind of fascinating. Um, but it is a good Western. I actually enjoyed this one a lot. It's very cheesy, very low-budget. But at least this one's very entertaining. I gave that a 7, and uh, so check that one out. It's actually a good one. And then the best one I watched, um, this might be my favorite one so far, um, is called Blood of Dracula's Castle. This has him going to the horror genre. Um, this is a House on Haunted Hill type ripoff movie with everything in the kitchen sink thrown in um, because that's what Al Adamson did. Um, yeah. You know, his his movies were very much trying as hard as they could to find something that people connected with. And this movie had vampires, a werewolf, um, uh, weird creature things, you know, a guy, you know, just a regular murderer guy, <clears throat> you know. And then, of course, the... Uh, the host of the the house as well, which was a, uh, you know John Carradine makes another role here yet again, and he's pretty awesome. He plays kind of the Vincent Price type, you know host of the house role, and he does a great job actually. I like John Carradine quite a bit. Um, so the film's very fun, very cheesy, but it actually has some neat sets and quite a bit of quality here. So for its time, this one was actually. I would say so far, maybe his best and most entertaining movie, um, just overall. Um, I think it all came together pretty well with Blood of Dracula's Castle. Um, I'm currently in the process of watching another one that was on that disc that's very awesome, and I do look forward to talking about that one, but it's on the opposite. It's a ghastly film, um, but it's very entertaining. <laughs> um, but it, it's another kitchen sink type movie. So that's what I've been watching. I gave Blood Dracula's Castle an eight. Um, again, I think this is actually one to watch. You know, this this one I think horror fans will like. So check it out for sure. That's it for me um, because The Last of Us Two takes up a crap ton of time. <laughs> so and we'll go ahead and get into that if you're ready. I'm ready. All right. I guess I guess we're ready. I'm not gonna make the the Reggie Fizeme joke on this one. Of my body is ready. I was oh oh wait, I just I actually just did. So yeah. But either way, you got y'all might be a little bit frustrated. We're talking about a video game, but it is horror. And yes. um, if you are, I do apologize. But it is, I think, one of the more relevant horror topics to talk about right now. Um, a lot of people are talking about it. It's, you know, what we've been doing for the last week, and while the thoughts are fresh, we're going to do a non-spoiler review, and a couple of days from now, we'll be dropping a spoiler review. Mm-hmm. I want to say, please don't be that guy. I always do this with the spoiler reviews. Please don't be that guy 
that listens to someone else's interpretation of the game, acts like they've played it, and then put out zero or one-star reviews for a game that totally doesn't have it coming because you've not yet experienced the game and know nothing about it other than what a couple dudes on the internet had to say, don't that be that has guy. Happened, that has happened a lot with this game. It has. I it, found it rather fishy that this game released last Friday, and then... Four hours after release, there were thousands of user scores that were given it twos and threes. I saw more zeros and ones. You know, and that was 30,000 people, I think, when I looked at it. And that was the morning the game released. And there's no way people beat it then. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. You had your your early release people, but those were critics and, and that got early the game early from Naughty Dog and Sony. And all of them were really high on the game. Yes. And then all of a sudden you have, you know, me, guys like me and you that, that we don't have access to the early copies or review copies. Yeah. There were thousands of people that were just blasting this game, and I'm like, there's no possible way you have beat a 25-hour game in less than four hours. Yeah. No, I, I mean, what's really the, the matter with you? And it's really not even a, a chance. And this is happening all the time. Yeah. Um, I, I'm seeing it more and more. And I, I made a post about it, you know, kind of my frustration. Um, this type of thing is making it because people I ask, you know, why should I listen to critics? But to me, anymore, I don't even look at user reviews, they're useless. And that sucks because. User review should be a place where you get the common man's opinion on something. You know, I mean, I would consider myself a critic, but it's because I've been doing it so long. You know, I was published for a while. You know, write reviews. That's the majority of the thing I do in my free time is review movies. Um, yeah. So I would consider myself a critic, but, uh, you know, that that is what it is. So I wouldn't necessarily call myself a user, but... I look at user reviews and I should be able to look at them and get the common man's feelings of a game or a movie and kind of see what their perspective is. I think it could potentially give a good uh, look at that. It doesn't, though, because today um, all you get is people giving a game zeros or ones out of tens for people who have never bought the game, who haven't played it, who are frustrated about one thing. For instance, Animal Crossing was another one that got review bombed because you couldn't have two islands on two separate accounts, which really just the infrastructure of the Switch, from what I understand, just doesn't allow for that. So, you know, people were given that zeros and ones out of tens, although the majority of people who played it love the game and are still playing it today. I mean, you're seeing it just about every game that comes out is getting review bombed um, by people who haven't played it. And that, that's a problem. And I just kind of wanted to talk about it, and I'm glad we brought it up. Because here's the thing. I like streaming. I think it's neat. I personally don't watch you know, Twitch streams and stuff about video yeah, games. I don't either. Because to me, if you're a video gamer, the idea of video games is to play the game. Mm-hmm. Not watch someone play the game and formulate your opinions based upon a hive mind of that person and the rest of the community and what they think. Your goal as a video gamer should be to play the game. I'm not saying don't watch streams. I would never say that because they're very entertaining. But at the same time, if you're a gamer and you want to formulate your opinions about something, you have to play it. It's not a movie. You can't just watch it and make up your mind based upon that. Video games and the reason they're 
you know, the art form is different than film or art is that you experience it, you know, firsthand. You interact with it, and it makes it more impactful in some ways. That's what makes a very good video game some of the most impactful things I've ever played. Games like uh, Bioshock Infinite, for instance, still to this day is one of, you know, I've seen thousands upon thousands of films, but there's very few movies I could say are as powerful to me as the experience was with Bioshock Infinite because I interacted with that story I invested in it. So you have to play a video game to truly know what the impact of it is. Um, and also just looking at text of what a game story is and how it plays out does not give you the full picture of the story because it's the leaks that I saw were very dismissive of the story and the way that it played out was very good. You know, the story I think is good. And, um, you know, those, those, those things just shaded the way, you know, those, those spoilers made it seem stupider than what it was. Um, so do you have any thoughts about that? Yeah. I, you know, video games are an interactive medium. You have to interact with them to fully appreciate, understand and judge them. And if you're not physically interacting with whatever whatever game you're talking about honestly you shouldn't be reviewing it um you know i I just had a i had a very big problem with the way the uh the fans were were treating this game Mm -hmm. and you know that you can blast me all you want but at least i had i sunk in the 25 hours to beat the game yeah unlike most people who have reviewed it yep that is very true and a good point. And I, I'm i not trying to say that you don't have a right to do that. You have the right. But I am going to say, if you're one of the people that are review bombing it, take a second to think what that impact does to user ratings at the end of the day. You're just you're actually diminishing your own voice by doing yeah. stuff like this. Because, frankly, more and more people... It's a farce, honestly. If you if you were one of the people that put out a zero and one star review, no one's listening to you. You know, the people that have played the game are like, yeah, that's a joke. It's it's not a zero or a one star game. I don't care how much you dislike where the story went. It's just not. I've played zero and one star games. This isn't it. No, no um, this is far from it. And um, you know, it's it's a farce, is what it is. And so. Just think about what you're doing to user reviews as a whole and making the community of gamers look ignorant, especially those that are putting out reviews based upon their opinions about quote-unquote SJW things. I'm not going to get political necessarily, but if your opinion of this game is solely based upon you disagree with some of the politics that really aren't even pushed in this game at all that far, then... I really do have to question, you know, like what, you know, how does that make the gaming community look that people are so mad about, um, you know, let, let's just say, I, I think everyone knows it, a homosexual couple, you know, in the game, you know, obviously Ellie is homosexual. That's been revealed years ago yeah, we on the DLC. The first one. How does it make the gaming community look that people are calling it SJW trash because there's a homosexual couple? in the game yeah how does that make you look um and you should really think about that 
you know, before posting those zero and one star reviews for a game you haven't even played, think about how that makes you and the rest of the gaming community look. Because I'll be honest, I've separated myself from calling myself a gamer because of the community around it um, and stuff like this. You know, I am a gamer. You know, I play video games pretty regularly, but I don't really associate myself with the community because this is the kind of crap that represents the gaming community as a whole, and we have to do better. It's crazy. Yep. So, either Anyways, way. Anyways, <laughs> let, let's get to The Last of Us 2. The Last of Us 2 is a 2020 release by Naughty Dog, um, and which is a, a Sony-owned uh, developer. Yes. And they, they've put out some, let's be totally honest, some pretty phenomenal games. You know, the Uncharted series, the Last of Us series. Um, you know, you, you even want to go back to Jack and Daxter mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And yes, they, they've done some really, really good stuff. And The Last of Us 2 is set a few years after the events of the first one. Mm-hmm. So we have Joel and Ellie and they're back and they're living in Jackson. Uh, which is the settlement that Joel's brother Tommy and his wife kind of run. Um, first off, I want to say the graphics are amazing. Yep. I'm on a launch edition PS4. I don't have a PS4 Pro or anything like that. I'm on a launch edition. And I will say, though, my PS4, it was getting really hot. It sounded yeah. like... It sounded like my PS4 was trying to take off. The fans were running so high. But um, the, the the graphics were phenomenal. And, and really, to me, what it is, is the motion capture that Naughty Dog puts into these games is bar none the best in the business. And they actually use the voice actors as the motion caption yeah. people. And... So all, all the movements and them talking and walking, it feels very, very real. Yeah, I agree. And, it looks uh, incredible on that. Yeah. And um, you do get to see those expressions. And I think you could, it makes the emotions even bigger whenever you see certain reactions from characters you love. And I, I do think it's vastly improved over the original game. I, do I mean, too. not that the motion capture was bad then. It's just even more polished. You know, in this game, I do think it's very impressive. Yeah, yeah, it uh, it's beautiful from the scenery to the to the motion caption. Um, you know, and, and we, you know, there are uh, multiple characters you can play through uh, for the game, and that's not really a spoiler. Um, and pretty much. Some things happen, and your crew sets out on an adventure to Seattle. Um, And this is all within the first few hours of the game. And Seattle looks very, very nice as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And and they kind of took a different approach to Seattle. It's a lot of wide-open spaces. And... uh, it looks really good, and there's some exploration you can do that wasn't really in the first one, and I and I really appreciated being able to kind of walk around this universe. Now, it isn't really open world. It's just a bigger space to explore on your own at your leisure. And 
that really lets you kind of uh, look at some of the new mechanics and new things that they added to this game. Uh, you can uh, go prone now. You can actually lay down on the ground and crawl around. And they added uh, tall grass and bushes to a lot more of the game that you can kind of sneak through. Uh, they also improved kind of uh, the crafting system of how your supplies are displayed and um, how you craft stuff. And I, I appreciate those little, you know, creature comfort changes that they made. And uh, it, it really does help improve the game. Because in the first one, the, the uh, like, getting into your pack and stuff to get different items, it was kind of a pain. And in this one, they just kind of streamlined it, and I really appreciated those, uh, those creature comfort changes that they made. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they did just a phenomenal job of world building. I think is what that comes into as well. Yep. Um, it's just really strong building um, throughout the game. So everything you visit, it, they did a great job of adding detail. You know, everywhere you go, you find notes or things. You know that kind of expand the story. Yep. And a lot of it's optional. Um, but it does enhance the story a lot. It adds a lot to the story and the world um, that is built. It is a dark world, you know. There's this is probably one of the darkest, most violent games you're going to play right now. Yeah, there there isn't much levity to the world that is built here in The Last of Us, um, and that you know that does make it a tough game to sit through at times especially given its length which we will get into um but i think overall the world building is really strong again it is dark you know i i can't tell you how many notes that you find from people who died or killed themselves or whatever so i mean there are a lot of you know triggers you know potential stuff like that in the game but i do think it's all part of the world building itself uh, so I, I do find all that phenomenal. You know, the creatures are well designed. You know, everything everything graphically is amazing. You yeah. know, and I, I am playing on a, a PS4 Pro, and uh, it does look phenomenal. There is HDR support on it, and it look the HDR looks great as well. It really pops. There are certain scenes that have like a red tint to them. Um, I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. you know which ones I'm talking about, and with yep. the HDR. It's incredible. Those scenes are stunning, and the the you know the color contrast is very good. You know because you get to see. I, I bet I bet the you know the darks are even better. You know like when you're in the dark. Mm-hmm. You know due to the HDR and it, it does improve it. But I do. I'm sure it is very playable on a PS4 standard um, as well. Yes, um, I, I did not have. Nope. I take that back. I had one frame stutter that I can remember that stood out to me. Yeah. I'm sure there was more, but there was really only one that, that stood out. Mm-hmm. And that was during a scene um, with a lot, a lot of water. Yeah. Um, and it, just for about two to three seconds, it chugged. Um, but that was really the only frame stutter that affected anything. Yeah. Uh, so to happen once in a 25-hour game, I'll take that any day of the week. Yeah, the frame rate was pretty rock solid throughout. Um, I had a couple of issues. Um, 
I had two freezes um, during the game, one during a key cut scene. Um, the, the game saves enough to where it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. Um, I was able to go back, but it was frustrating. I got another one during a gameplay section later on in the game and a graphical glitch where the floor disappeared at one point. Um, but that one was remedied very quickly. Um, but it is something to denote. Um, I don't know if that was because of it not being optimized for the PS4 Pro or some glitch with that, or if it was some, you know, just a glitch in the game. I, I really don't know. It's hard telling. Again, they weren't major, but they did um, frustrate me enough to make it worth noting. Um, I had one uh, glitch, and that was... It was a very odd one. Um, it was with a rope. And while I was on the rope, it disappeared. Huh. And so I was just kind of floating in midair and couldn't do nothing. And so I actually had to restart. I lost about five to ten minutes and had to redo an encounter. Yeah. Because it was just... It, it hit that sweet spot in between checkpoints and so, yeah, I had to go back and, and redo a little bit. But it really, no harm, no foul. I mean, yeah, I, yes, it sucked. I started saving my game pretty quick after yeah, that first one. Both. To where every 10 or so minutes I'd be saving the game, you know. Yeah. And um, just to make sure I had a good checkpoint, which sucks. I mean, it, it does add to frustration that should shouldn't ideally be there. But the problem is the expectation of AAA games continue to get higher, yep. you know. And uh, I think that is something that the gaming community uh, is going to see. You know, these this game is actually very polished, oh, you yes. know, for a game coming out today. Because AAA games are getting buggier all the time, you know, um, because they're so big. Because everyone demands games to be open world or yep. be 30 hours long. And I think... Honestly, a lot of the problems that this game has are due to expectations that just shouldn't be there for this game. Mm -hmm. Because this is a narrative game. And I think the expectation of where video games are forced Naughty Dog into making this game longer than they probably would have just regularly. Um, This is one of their longer games from what I could remember. Yeah. I don't remember any of the Uncharted games being this long or The Last of Us. You know, the first one was definitely not this long. No, it was the the first one was about a really a twelve, fifteen, maybe seventeen hour game at max. Yeah, and th- this game should be longer than that in a way. You know, I think there's more story here, but that does bring me to my first issue. I do think that the game is a pretty good amount too long. Yeah, I, I, I really agree. do. Um, it. A lot of people are saying it's about 25 hours. I got mine completed in just over, just over 20. Um, it wasn't that I was rushing through the game until the very end, which I, I'll get into as well. Um, but um, I, I don't feel that I was rushing through it. But, you know, it, everyone's times may vary. But even at 20 hours, by the time I was done with the game, I was pretty well ready for it to be over. Um, and that kind of sucks because, you know, with the game, your emotions, and I think that some of the emotional moments towards the end were dampened a bit by the fact that I think mo- most people are going to be ready for this game to be over uh, mm-hmm. by the time it comes around. I just don't, 
I think there's, and all of the story should be there. I don't think there's any story filler to me. Um, I think the filler comes in with, you know, gameplay sections that are barely interactive that didn't need to be in the game and should have just been a cutscene. You know, because at a certain point, especially towards the end, you're like, okay, I'm ready, you know, I want to see where this story goes. And then they throw you into another gameplay section. And you're like, I don't care about this gameplay section. I want to see the end of the game, you know. Yep. I want to see the narrative. I don't care anymore about playing, you know, walking around, you know, certain areas, you know, and stuff like that. And you're just like, I want to, this should have been a cutscene. <laughs> Yeah, you know this should have been that, and um, you know shortened or just taken out. There were actually sections of the game that, story-wise, are pointless, and I think were added just to make the game longer because people mm-hmm. are complaining about, you know, shorter games and their value for sixty dollars. And again, I think, I think Naughty Dog did that really to appease that, which I think sucks because it makes it a problem with the game. Um, and I think the largest problem with the game. Um, so, I mean, part of the blame is on Naughty Dog for doing that, but I do think that some of it was the expectations that have been set. Yeah. So I do think that kind of sucks. Yeah, I agree with you. I It took me, uh, I actually checked it last night, uh, it took me just under 25 hours. I'm like 10 minutes under 25 hours. Um, so... It, it took me about the time that they said it was going to take. There's some people that are saying this takes upwards of 30 hours. Um, and, and I can see that if you're exploring every nook and cranny of every open space. Yeah. Um, and, and I explored pretty well. Um, I didn't 100% the collectibles. Um, I mean, I did get... there's Because there's trading cards that you can find. There's journal entries. Of course, there's your uh, your magazines that let you uh, unlock upgrade paths uh, for your character. You know, different uh, abilities and stuff that you can learn or develop better uh, for your crafting and healing, you know, your uh, combat and stuff like that. Um, I, I did find all the, the training manuals, but as far as the collectibles, I didn't 100% that. Um, it took me just under 25 hours, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. If this game would have been about five hours, maybe even seven, if this would have been, for the majority of people, a 15 to 18-hour game, this honestly would have been, to me, a masterpiece game. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, it's not. I will say on the back half does have my personal favorites um, set piece and I'm not going to describe what it is um, but it was a scene where I was legit nervous Mm -hmm. playing through it and then something happens and I actually jumped and dropped my controller and it was a very very effective scene and I, I, I got to hand it to that. Uh, but unfortunately, it was stuck right in the middle of this kind of slog that you got to go through. Yeah. Um, and the I, I called it the loot loop, you know, where you're you're looting and then kill a bunch of people, and then you get to a small cut scene, and then you go 
to the next set piece. You kill a bunch of people, you loot up, you go to the next cutscene. And then you go to the next set piece, you kill a bunch of people. Or you can run through it, you can sneak through it. I mean, they actually did give you a lot of ways to legit try to do this game. Um, you know, you can you can sneak past most everybody in the game if you're good enough and take your time. You can go in guns blazing if you're good enough and strategic about it. Or you can just legit run through encounters, and I did do that a couple times just because I wanted it to be done. I wanted to see where the story was going to go. And that's what happened to me with the last bit of the game where I just ran through it. Um, It it was literally the last encounter. Um, But I did just run through it, honestly, Um, because at that point... I hit the point where, and I think that's the problem, you know, is that in video games, once you get to the end, you kind of want the cutscene to resolve it. And I think this game kind of broke it up too much by giving you, you know, this clear vision of what the ending's going to be. And then makes you play through it and you're just sitting there like, I want to see it. You know, I don't want to spend another hour on another encounter. I want to freaking just see the ending. Yep. Let me just see the ending. I agree. I think it's too long. There was about um, four emotional climaxes towards the end of this game. Yeah. And there's one big one actually right directly in the middle of the game. Yeah. Um, which I I know a lot of people give that, the, the emotional climax in the middle of the game, there's a lot of people that give that crap because they say it broke up the flow of the game or whatever. I actually kind of dug that. I did too. If it's what I'm thinking you're referring to, I will say I think the later bit of the game um, is better. You know, the last half or so of the game I think is improves quite a bit. And um, I just think it's – the story gets more interesting to me at that point. Yeah. Um, but it is what it is. But – Aside from that and the minor glitches and just some UI issues where I'm like, come on. And just typical gamey stuff today that I'm getting more and more frustrated with. Um, Like I did, I talked with you about it where um, there's elements of video games that I just don't understand why people are so obsessed with video games having to be uber realistic. Like... Yeah. Come on, man. Just let me jump this gap. I don't need to be right at the edge of the freaking thing. Yeah. I'm, I am I get frustrated at the realistic quote-unquote physics. And uh, the game actually did have a bit of controversy for some of the developers having to, you know, watch, you know, actual, like, footage of people dying and stuff to make the game realistic. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but that should never be the case. Um. None of us really, and are hopefully, will never see someone get taken from behind and stabbed in the neck, you know, and why that has to be as realistic as humanly possible, I don't really know. I think, I think that's kind of stupid, if I'm being honest. Um, we don't need that to be uber-realistic. It's a video game, and I don't think it would take away from any of the impact had they just, you know, not watched those videos and not made it as realistic as possible. Um, so I, that is another thing. <clears throat> yeah. Um, the violence that's in this game is very realistic. 
and it's done to a point on purpose. Yeah, it is on purpose, but I think it takes away from its point, too. I do, too. While also reveling in that violence that the the, the game is kind of condemning. And the first one did the same thing. Like, that yes. was the first, that was the narrative. And it it's not something that I'm actually reducing any points for. I it's am not just either. something, because I'm okay with it personally, but I don't think there's a point to it at the same time. I think they went too far. Yeah. I'm not offended, but I could see how some people who are playing it will look at that and be like, okay, that's too much, you know. So Yeah, they, they, they went to great lengths to show you what you were doing. Mm-hmm. You know, there are some attacks where you're grabbing somebody from behind, and this is a third-person action stealth game. Yeah. But the camera actually spins around to face you head-on while you're choking somebody and stabbing them in the neck. Yeah. And it is showing you a third-person view of exactly what you're doing, and it is done on purpose. They, yeah. they did this on purpose. But this is a very violent game. Yeah, and to me, I could have done without that. I think the point would have been the same. Yeah. Um, it's kind of what I'm trying to say, I guess. The point would have been the same had they not done that. But aside from all of that, I think that graphics-wise, it's a phenomenal game. Yep. Story-wise, which I know we haven't talked about much because I don't want to spoil it. It but is I a think, giant spoiler if but you I, get into any story. Exactly. And I, and I do think this story is amazing. I loved yep. every bit of this story. Every bit of it. Um, I think it was in-depth. I do think that the game challenges its audience on purpose, which I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we just talked recently about challenge, you know, challenging your mentalities. You know, whether or not you agree or you know think the same way it's good to be challenged on yep. your opinions to if nothing else solidify your own you know you know your your own opinions your own thoughts you know on something um it's good to be challenged on your opinions it's good to to rethink your your life or your decisions or your mentality it's good to do that from time to time it's healthy and it's actually expected you know that, that's what people do um you know, so I think the game story is amazing. I think the gameplay, other than it being too long, if this would have been three or four hours shorter, I would not have even noticed some of the repetition in the gameplay because it wasn't until the later part of the game where I found it repetitive. I was yeah. enjoying every second of it until then. I think it was just the length can only go so long with this gameplay of kind of hitting the same note. I think it eventually just kind of ran out of steam. Um, but the gameplay for when it was there is... Very fine-tuned and amazing, really. I thought the stealth sections were great. The AI was just difficult enough to be able to really punish you if you if you make mistakes, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so really, as a whole, I think this game is a masterpiece. It's, it seems like I'm being down on it a little bit, but I do want to talk about the negatives to be fair to the game because, yes. to be fair, my score is a 9 out of 10. And I debated giving it a 10, but I think that the issues for me were just a bit too far from me being able to fully invest in that 10. I mean, as far as emotional impact for me, it was that way. I will be honest, I cried three times during this game. Um, phenomenal story. Uh, phenomenal gameplay. Uh, it looks great. So everything about that 
makes this a game that I think people are going to be talking about for a long time. I think it's another amazing game from Naughty Dog. And to the comparisons of the first one where people say the story is worse, I kind of disagree. I mean, if you look at that first one, I think for its time and for the technology that they were dealing with, the story was pretty good. But looking back on it, it's very basic. Um, I mean, I think there's a lot of depth and emotion to it. But I think in comparison to The Last of Us 2, I think there's a lot more depth to the story here. And I do think that the story is a little bit more interesting and challenging than the original was. While the original was much more of a uh, survival type story, this deals with a lot more stuff than that. So for me, it's a 9 out of 10. I do recommend playing it. And I think it's probably going to be my favorite game of the year pretty easily. Unless something really great comes out. Um, and before you say cyberpunk, I have no faith that that's coming out this year. So, <laughs> yeah. but that's the only thing that could even be close to this game, in my opinion, uh, for what I'm excited for. Um, and I hope this gets that free upgrade on PS5. If it does get a PS5 release, um, like Xbox is doing, if not, I will buy it again on the PS5 because I liked it that much. And by then, hopefully, I'll be. I don't, and I do think that there's a bit to that rushing thing where we were trying to get the game done, you know, and I don't know if that might have been different. You know, how do we space the game out a little bit more? Maybe we wouldn't have been so ready for it to be done had we not tried to beat it in a week. Who knows? You know, I'm not saying we're wrong in that uh, because we have other things going on and other life obligations, but I think it might have been different had we, you know, played it a little bit more spaced out, but I just didn't have the time to do that. So I my nine out of ten is my final score. Um, I'm giving the game an eight out of ten. Um, I'm slightly lower than Deadite Dave, just because I to and this is just me personally. The the end it it just got to be a slog for me, and I wanted the game to be over, and it, that affected my score. Um, one thing we never hit on is this game is scary. Oh, yeah. Parts. Yeah, it's uh, a horror game. Oh, yes. It scared you know, the crap out of me all the time. Um, human, Other humans are not your only adversary. You know, the infected or, you, you know, those people that have been infected by the cordyceps fungus, which is real. Look it up. It actually is very, very disturbing what the, the cordyceps fungus can do. Um, but there are a few legit scenes... Uh, especially with a uh, a class of infected called the Stalkers. And they used the Stalkers in the first one a little bit. But in this one, there's two or three uh, set pieces where the Stalkers are very prominent. I hated those godforsaken oh, things. Me too. And they scared the crap. Like, you know, there'll be a dark room, and you have a flashlight that you can toggle on and off, and it's mm-hmm. very easy to, to turn on and off. But, like, you'll turn and, and your flashlight will flash across the doorway and you'll see just one of them dudes run past the doorway. Yeah. And it'll scare the crap out of you if you're not expecting it. Oh, uh, and this game is hard, speaking of that. It's very hard. There were, at least for me, maybe I just suck, but there was two or three parts of this game that kicked my butt bad. I had to try it, like, six or seven times, yeah. multiple times throughout the game. Um, and usually they were sort of like, I don't want to call them boss encounter type things, but just like the more difficult type encounters, 
just kicked my butt bad. There was one encounter in particular that really, really kicked my butt, uh, and it was the first time you meet a newer faction. Oh, yeah. Um, That's hard, too. Yeah, it, and it was in the middle of a park. Um, that whole thing really kicked my butt. Because I'm not the biggest stealth fan. The first one kind of won me over as far as stealth mechanics go, I'll be mm-hmm. totally honest. And I really got into it. And uh, me and Deadite Dave consider ourselves good at this type of game. And yeah. we are. Just I, I'm not trying to boast or anything like that. But we are good at this type of game. Um, and yes, it offered some challenge, even on the medium difficulty. Yeah, I didn't play it on a harder difficulty yet. Um, I may sometime in the future. Yep. But, I mean, I've just got enough life stuff going on that I wanted to get this one done. Um, so that way I can, you know, move on and do some other stuff. Um, but, um, yeah, I agree. It's very challenging. And yep. I mean, as far as the gameplay goes, I mean, we were both really good on the first ones, even the multiplayer, mm-hmm. you know, we were really good at this game. So, I mean, even that, it gives a lot of challenge. I am sad multiplayer wasn't included in this one. I it will really, be. Really, it will yeah, be. It's, it's coming. coming. Yeah, it's coming later on. And there is a single-player DLC coming as well, which I'm happy to hear. Yeah, me too. Um, but it wasn't included on launch. I get it. They were trying to get the game out just to play it. Because this is, at the end of the day, a single-player focused game. To me, I think it had... I think they say that they didn't have it ready. It's. I think it's ready. I think they just uh, wanted people to play the single-player first. Similar to what happened with GTA, where they want it... Because once the multiplayer comes out, I don't. I think they want people to play the game and yeah. enjoy it first, so that way they could kind of get the, the impact. And I think they'll release it once more people have beat it. Yeah. Um, I think that's what it is. I'm very excited for it. I liked the multiplayer in the first game. Yeah, yeah, um, me and you would. That'll give could, it legs. Uh, yeah, we we could play that multiplayer and really wipe some teams pretty quickly. Because so. um, the multiplayer really does take teamwork and stealth to a whole new level. Oh yeah, yeah, and, it's pretty uh, difficult. But my my final score is an eight out of ten. Um, I like the story. I like the gameplay. I do think it got a little repetitive, and it was a little bit of a slog towards the end. Uh, they could have really cut some fat out of the game, and my score definitely would have been higher. Um, I like the characters. They introduced some new characters, and I liked almost every one of them. Um, and so my, my final score is an 8 out of 10. Uh, the, the people that are giving the zeros and 1s and 2s can get out of here. Um, I'm sorry, but your opinion is not relevant if you're giving this a zero, one, or a two because on its technical merits, even if you hate the story, and I will respect your opinion on if you hate the story uh, as long as you've played it. Yeah. Um, it, so if you give this a five or a six. I could understand that more. I, I, I would disagree. I would, I would if it's that low, but I could at least understand it. You know, yeah. at least there's some criticism, some some recognition of the the merits of the game. Um, and at that point, that's a normal user score that I would expect yep. because I don't expect users to look at it from a critical perspective as much of like, hey, this game technically is amazing. You know, I disagree with certain things, but you know, that's that's how critics look at it. 
so I don't necessarily expect um, users to do that. But I do expect users to have, you know, to think about um, their their review a little bit. So because yeah, there's there's nobody that can deny that this is a beautiful game. They took everything good about the first one and kind of made it a little bit better. Um, and you, you can't deny that stuff. And so the people that are giving the zeros, ones, and twos are denying that, and they're just, it's not relevant. Agreed. So that sounds like we're closing off on our on our main section. We will, again, have a, a fairly short but we just spoiler talk of the story beats. Yep. Um, coming at a later date. Again, don't listen to that if you haven't played the game. Um, because don't don't be that guy. We already said that. But don't don't be one of those zero out of one or one star review people. If you think that sounds tempting to to do, just don't do it here. <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. So either way. Uh, you got anything else you want to add before we close off the podcast? No. I just want to say, uh, you know, if you made it this far, thanks for listening. We know this is a little bit different, but this is a horror game. Uh, not only – well, just just play it. You'll see. You know, there, there's – for all the horror fans out there, there's plenty of blood and gore and uh, scary moments with the infected to get the, the average horror fan through this game. Mm-hmm. So, uh, we we appreciate you listening. We know this was different, but this is something that well we've been waiting seven years for. So, yeah, no, I agree. This is uh, something I would say. I'm sorry, but I'm not. Uh, I'm not either. <laughs> so, no, we wanted to do this, and uh, hopefully, y'all enjoyed it. You know, if you didn't want to listen to the games, we did have a little bit of some what we've been watching, some horror discussion, and we'll be back to regularly uh, scheduled programming. Uh, the think, next time uh, see us. I think we may do uh, a, a, a kind of a halfway recurring episode theme mm-hmm. of Exploitation Cinema. Yep, that is the plan. Uh, that was actually what this week was going to be until we did end up getting through the game. Um, so we will be talking about um, just picking an exploitation thing. Um, we'll come up with some flashy name for it um, just to kind of celebrate a side of horror also just grindhouse filmmaking yep so i think the audiences overlap so i think you'll really appreciate that uh, episode quite a bit so well until next time we will talk to y'all later and that concludes our show we hope you've really enjoyed it if you did don't forget to leave us a review find us on facebook but one of the most powerful ways that we can expand our audience and the show is for you to tell your friends about us you know if they love movies and you love movies hopefully they love our podcast too so we would love to hear uh, you spreading the word of our show to all of your friends and uh, tell them about our community. If they have any questions about movies, we could save them some money on some of the bad ones and tell them what uh, maybe they should watch. Uh, But either way, until next time, we hope to see you all again.